0: In her call, which I'll play for you in just a moment, she had a question, but before she asked the question, she said that her husband had prayed and asked God should he leave his marriage, and he said that God told him that he should, and therefore he decided to divorce his wife. Interestingly, not too long after, he began to wonder whether he should be in the marriage or not. Well, my friend, Jim Porto, is with me. We're going to answer her question in just a moment. But first, I want you to hear her call.
1: Hi, Dr. Beam. Um, My husband um, and I were married for 11 years. And uh, about a year ago, um, uh, I caught him in an affair. And um, we tried to work it out, but he didn't wait very long, about three months before he relapsed. And um, and at that time, he said that he prayed, asked God for signs, and God spoke with, spoke to him and said he no longer had to suffer. And so he d- decided that he was going to no longer be with me, and um, he was going to continue this relationship with the other woman. Um, our kids are um, 11 and 8. Uh, about two months ago, um, he came over to help me with something, and he told me that He missed me, that he cares for me, loves me. And there's been many times when he thinks about me and um, wants to pick up the phone and call me and ask how I'm doing, but he knows how I feel about him. And he also said that he knows this is selfish, but he can't see a life without me in it. However, he does not want to be in a romantic relationship with me. Um, since split there's been a couple of times where we fight and it leads us back to talking about what I did what he did that contributed to the um, The breakdown of our relationship and at the end he would say I love you, but I don't love you like that The last time this happened I called him and I said I get it you don't love me and he cried and He said actually that's not true and it's it's the opposite So it seems to be a pattern. This has happened three times since the split, but he maintains that he wants to continue this relationship with the other woman. Um, Obviously, this is hurtful, and it's been very confusing for me because I go between trying to get over him or wondering if I should wait because it seems like he might just be confused um, and that there might still be some love for me in there that we can build on. Um, The divorce has been slow, and he's been taking his time filing the documents, and it's only when I ask him about it does he start the next process. I pretty much leave him alone, and I don't argue when he wants to see the kids during our time. But my question is, what could be happening with him that he would feel the need to say those things to me while we're going through a divorce, uh, even though he doesn't want to reconcile? Um, Why does he do that? Um, And um, I I just want to understand so I know if uh, I should let this relationship take its course, or if I should just um, move on with my life. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to your uh, response.
0: Jim, this woman sounded very articulate. Yeah. She sounded like a woman who thinks. And I think your question is extremely reasonable, but let me ask you a question first, if I may. Mm. Do you think God really answered that guy's prayer by telling him to leave his marriage? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's it's
2: it is not uncommon to hear statements that are similar to this. Um, in fact, when I was uh, when I had left Shannon, um, there was a, cer- a certain degree that I had convinced myself. That uh, God had never meant for me and Shannon to be together, but He had meant for me and this other woman to be together.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, did it make sense? Not really. Um, and, and and if I think of myself as a Christian, so if I'm going to call myself a Christian, I'm um, claiming to be a Christ follower. Then currently, what I have to look at whether or not I'm being a Christ follower is God's Word. Mm-hmm. And um, and of course, uh, it's just contrary to what to what God has set for us and what he's set up so i don't think this guy's a, a bad guy now i don't know him trust right, me i said so right. i don't know i really don't know what kind of person but he you is. and i have
0: both been oh. in that situation yeah. that this guy's in so we have some idea what it feels like to be there yeah and i wasn't prepared to
2: say there's no god
0: so at some point
2: i have to you know i don't know if this was conscious or not but i had to reconcile in me well there's no god so maybe i need to re put this in a way in which I've, I've prayed and God has now answered me with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not saying he didn't pray. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, based on God's word, it just, it just doesn't add up. It would be inconsistent with the character and the word of God. Of course, you're more versed in that than I am.
0: Oh, a lady told me not too terribly long ago, she said, Look, God is love, and this that I have with this man is of love. Therefore, oh. it is of God. And I thought, well, the Aristotelian syllogistic logic that you're using, although I'm quite convinced she had no idea she was using an alleged version of Aristotelian logic, it doesn't compute. Because, as we both know, I mean, I have an undergraduate degree in Bible. You study the Bible. The passages are pretty clear. God hates divorce. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder, et cetera. And to say, yeah, well, but he changed it for me. Yeah.
2: What do you What do you think God means? When he said, I hate divorce. I mean, what do you think the real message is yeah.
0: there? Well, in a situation such as this, I guess it would mean he hates your divorce, but he's okay with mine.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, people do justify a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I mean, I've done it too, but mm-hmm. it doesn't change the facts.
0: No, and a point I want to make here is this, that it's awfully easy to have such an intense emotion about something that you can convince yourself. Oh, absolutely. That, that emotion is right, even if it is... Deciding that God has told you you should divorce or whatever it might be. Uh, you told me one time that um, if somebody goes looking to prove that there's an alien, they'll find proof. Oh, it's, it's very easy to find that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I believe that and that's what I've got to have exact happen, then I'm going to interpret things in such a way. Is to make that better it
2: just will, and you know what? What else is there, Joe? Do you realize I have people that say stuff like that as clients, and actually had a friend of mine that did it once, and 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 he said, you know, and I'm not the only one that believes this. Uh, let me be clear: um, no matter how, uh, forget about this. Any strange concept, conspiracy, thought, anything you come up with in your mind, I'm sure you will find an audience somewhere that will agree mm-hmm. with you about it. They are there. Um, I've come up with some pretty wacky stuff in my time, and there's always a few people <laughs> around championing it. You know? <laughs>
1: it's
2: just one of those kind of things. And I'm not saying this guy's wacky or anything. I'm really not. What I'm saying is that um, at the very minimum, he's, he's somewhat self-deceived in that. And, mm-hmm. and he may have a good intention. He may really want God in his life, but it's contrary to who God is based on his word.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that wholeheartedly. By the way, in case you have not heard our podcast before, I am Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper. And my guest... Yes, my very special guest on this program today is relationship expert, Jim Porteau, who in addition to his own company, where he does um, all kinds of consulting in the business world from the all the way ranging corporations to churches, also Jim works with us at Marriage Helper, leads many of our intensive three-day workshops for marriages in crisis, also does coaching. Uh, telephone coaching with people around the world about their marriages and relationships. And not only that trains our other coaches, he is extremely wise when it comes to relationships. So Jim, speaking of that, let's go into her question about the relationships. She said that she's seeing inconsistent behavior Mm -hmm. that he says, okay, God wants me to divorce you. I'm out of here. Then after that, it's like, well, no, I love you, but, not in that way. And then later, well, yeah, I do love you that way. And at the same time, he keeps going back to the other woman. And so he's giving inconsistent messages. And obviously, his behavior is inconsistent because he keeps going back to the other woman after he says he loves his wife. What do you think leads to that kind of vacillatory behavior?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, here's what I know for sure. Uh, I don't know him, so Mm -hmm. um, I I wish I could spend some time. You know me, Joe. Yeah, I'm with you. If nothing more, just to kind of encourage and help him. But I know I I grow as I speak with people. Um, There have been times in my own life and in the lives of people who are close to me when, when the only consistency in their life was their inconsistency in what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm not making an excuse by any sense, nor am I trying to make light of it. All I'm saying is that, um, when, especially in times when we're emotional, we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It is not uncommon for folks to make this kind of decision. Um, for instance, they're leaving a, a, a relationship, a mm-hmm. valuable relationship mm-hmm. that of marriage, um, in which they really don't know the why. Hmm. And, you know, the, there's a, we could talk a long time about our why will dictate our how. In other words, if we have a strong enough why, then it tells us how to do it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have a how there at all. He's He wants to do it, doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I have this. I don't have mm-hmm. this. And, and it's just it, I, it, I don't know him, but I know in my own life and what I've seen an inclination in other folks as I dealt with them is is it appears to be he really just doesn't know right now. Not that he's trying to be deceptive or manipulative. I've heard people Use words like gaslighting and things like that that they read on the Internet or whatever. Uh, this sounds like a guy that's confused. Yeah. And he's just communicating his confusion um, the best he
0: can. Yeah. And notice that Jim said sounds like reason being careful with his language is this. We don't know. Uh, and, and we get pretty perturbed when people do know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know exactly what he's doing. I know exactly why he's doing it. That Godly. just really gets to us. It's like,
2: what? I wish I could hire those
0: people because, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I never know what yeah. what I want to do all the time. You know, well, they would get you bankrupt if yeah. you hired those people because because whatever they think, it's mm. true. So we're being very careful here to say, It sounds as if, and understand this, Jim and I both have histories with our wives. I left my wife many years ago for another woman. I actually divorced my wife and intended to have life for the rest of my life, for the love of my life, which was the woman that I was emotionally involved with. And as happens with nearly all of those situations, it fell apart. Mm. And after three years of divorce, I asked Alice if she'd take me back and she did that doesn't mean that I know exactly what this guy's feeling, but it does give me some indications. Sure. And that's what Jim is saying, because it sounds to me like what you're saying that here's a man who is confused that, Oh, by the way, that term gaslighting, most people who use it have no clue what it
2: means. (laughs) It doesn't mean fixing the pilot light in your stuff. No,
0: it really doesn't. It comes from a movie back in the old black and white movie days. I think it was Cary Grant. I believe that was the lead. uh, A little before my time. A little before your time. Yeah. Well, you understand that Fred Flintstone (laughs) and I went to high school together. So back in those days, the movie Gaslight was about a man who had married a very wealthy woman and was apparently trying to drive her Crazy, mm-hmm. so he could get her money. Gaslighting, therefore, became a term of here's somebody who is trying to drive you crazy, and most people who use the word don't have a clue that that's what they're talking about. Now, I don't think, based on what I'm hearing, obviously we can be deceived, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound like that this is a man who's trying to play her.
2: No, it it, it doesn't to me either, and. You know, I have to be careful here and and being self-aware is very important for for people who help other people. It's important for us in life in general, but especially for people who um, others come to for advice or guidance or things like that. And, um, you know, excuse me, you and I take this responsibility and this call very mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. I do have some connections in my own life of when I've done that. So he could be very confused. It sounds that way. Mm-hmm. I know that one example I have is, is when I was leaving Shannon, uh, there's, a t- there's a time in in my life where I, I made her a villain and mm-hmm. kind of the object of my anger, so to speak. Yeah. But, but Shannon will tell you this. She'll say Jim was a good guy doing a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't a bad guy, and I don't believe I was a bad guy. I was doing some bad things, right? And and so if you're a good person and you're doing some things that are bad, sometimes the good person pops out. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a you know this this moment of clarity. I, mm-hmm. I think that'll happen, and that person will pop out. Mm-hmm. And there were times when I was in the middle of my affair, and Shannon would make me so angry I wanted to do nothing but hurt her. Mm-hmm. Wrong, trust yeah. me. I, I but know. but I, that was the action. I did it. Um, and and yet, you know, later in that week, making a comment even to my affair partner that, look, we need to make sure that I'm able to pay off all the bills because I don't want to have her to have any debt because this really isn't her fault or her problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, there's a vacillation mm-hmm. or an inconsistency in that. And I think that for me at that point, um, you know, it was it, I, I am a good guy. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a bad thing and and it's hard to deal with mm-hmm. inside of you that what you're doing at that moment. I don't know if this is him, but I know for me it for a period of time that's what I, exactly what I was doing. I just was, well, you know, I'm not a bad guy. it pops through and and well, I need to be careful that I do this. There were times I saw her crying that I really felt bad for her, um, but it wasn't enough to move me out of my practice and what I was doing, and I would try to console her or um I literally remember as crazy as this is, Joe. The day that I left, so to speak, I confessed everything. I, I left everything. I had someone that worked for me who was a counselor, and I said, um, I'm leaving, and I want you to come to the house. It's not for me. I want you to come talk to Shannon. Hmm. So there was a piece of me even then in, yeah. in that you know, desperate area of my life that I did that. So I'm not sure what he's doing. It could be that he just doesn't know. It could be that you know, this is a good guy, and sometimes a good guy pops up every once in a while.
0: Could be. I was just totally mean. When I left Alice, I didn't go through any of the good stuff at all. None. I had so vilified her made her into the most evil person in my mind that had ever existed, had rewritten all of our history. So I could remember nothing good about a relationship only bad. And I was just mean, just totally mean. It's not the behavior that I did. It's kind of similar, at least Mm -hmm. to some degree, not to the same degree, but to some degree, the behavior you did. And when we hear these kinds of stories, I hope you guys are understanding we don't necessarily conclude this is a player that he's trying to play her in some way. Now, before we answer her question, one of the things she said, we've talked a few times about how it went bad. What happened? how we got there. Now we did a podcast called three things that you should not do if you want to save your marriage. And then we did a subsequent podcast, three things you should do if you want to save your marriage. We, we made a point of one of those. I want to just reiterate a little bit here, if you don't mind, which has to do with most people focus on the wrong things when they have those talks anyway.
2: Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, Joe, you, you've probably helped me a few times in it. And I know we've helped tons of people, but that is, you know, we get focused on symptoms or the things that ticked us off. Um, A friend said, you know, she used to help me get to a high level of pastivity, (laughs) Um, you know, and and so we we focus on these things that are uh, that are symptoms of the problem. It's Mm -hmm. why I'm angry or that I'm angry or I'm hurt instead of really going and taking a look at what the real problem is. What's the real issue that's going on here? And so we revisit fights as opposed to what the real problem is. We mm-hmm. revisit the fact that you did not listen to me or you mm-hmm. embarrassed me or mm-hmm. um, you weren't there for me and things like that. And we're really not addressing the cause. Right. And so in an essence, you know, we're addressing the the headache instead of the brain tumor, as it were. And, mm-hmm. and really what we find out is at the end of that is the same. We end up dying because we're mm-hmm. not taking care of what the cause is in this. Um, and that cause will go with us wherever we go if we don't take care of it.
0: Sure. And in the next relationship and the one after that. And, so, and,
2: and and impact other relationships.
0: I remember when you made that brain tumor illustration in the previous podcast. It's like, if you think it's just the headache, you take the aspirin. It might get some temporary relief, but you die because you don't deal with the real issue. The headache comes back. So uh, to this lady, I would make a recommendation. Obviously, we do not tell you what to do. You make your own decisions in life. But... It might not be wise for you guys to be revisiting the problems Mm -hmm. that you think led to this. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't talk about some issues because if ever you work this thing out, if you put the marriage back together, there's some things you really are going to have to deal with, but it's probably not what you're talking about when you have those conversations.
2: And what, you know, what does a person like that do? So perhaps they don't even know what the issue is. and Mm -hmm. Say he's not interested in talking to someone else, Mm -hmm. you know, so the the, you know, here it is, we're fighting about the same thing. Now, you know, I know one thing we do is the only person I can control is me. I can't control whether or not Shannon decides to bring up, you know, the last three times I did or did not do something, Mm -hmm. Um, but I can control how I respond to that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I can control whether or not I entertain it. Um, and I'm not talking about stonewalling or ignoring, but owning up to what I can to my piece of it, and obviously mm-hmm. not faking it and acting like it's all right. me. Right. But, but you know, how do we help someone like that, Joe? How do we help her um, in, in in discovering what the real problem is?
0: Well, again, we did those two podcasts. Not going to reiterate those here, but if, if you who are listening go find those two podcasts. The Mm -hmm. ones we did three things not to do. If you want to save your marriage, three things to do. If you want to save your marriage, you'll get a lot of information there, or you can go to our website, marriage helper, this marriagehelper.com. A lot of free resources, articles, eBooks, podcasts, all kinds of things there, because we're not saying that you ignore the issues. We're saying that first discover what the real issues are so that rather than talking about the symptom, as you said, you weren't there for me, or whatever it might be. You actually find out what's underneath that. Mm-hmm. In the social sciences, we look at most of the things that people argue about as being symptomatic of something deeper. So, for example, if you're arguing over money, you know that most people, and there's ample research on this, uh, ample research says that most people who want a divorce want out for one or more of these reasons. I don't feel like you respect me. I don't feel like you love me. I don't feel like you. Like me. And so people arguing over money typically is really about respect. Mm-hmm. I feel disrespected. So, yes, there are some things that will need to be addressed. There are some things that will need to be discussed between the two of you, worked out. So, we're not saying avoid all communication. No way. But we're <clears throat> saying that until you know how better to do that, sometimes it's better not to have those discussions at all. And if you want to come to our website to find resources or you can actually line up, uh, coaching with one of our coaches, which Jim is one of our amazing coaches. He trains our other coaches, um, that you can actually talk to a coach who can help you think that through. And he or she will talk either just with one of you or with both of you or with you individually. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do that. And so I'd say, we're not trying to tell you to pretend there's no problem and to ignore it. We're saying that, dealing with the right issues yeah i think that's key and you know the other
2: thing is about the past is and this is deep guys get ready to tweet this you ready
0: <laughs>
2: uh, here, here's, here's you what me. i
0: <laughs>
2: here's what i know about the past joe you can't change it hmm now it doesn't mean we don't discover and and talk about it. And in coaching, it's one of the the main differences between counseling and coaching that we have. Uh, we go into the past, and and we will do everything we can in order to get context.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I want to understand things. So mm-hmm. typically, the first call I have with a client is is a background discovery time. I want to mm-hmm. hear where you, what kind of family you had. I want to hear mm-hmm. the in, the interactions. I want to hear your fights and arguments and what really ticks you off and stuff like that. Because it's going to give me an overall maybe 20,000 or 30,000 foot view of the relationship. But I'm not going to entertain five sessions into this arguing about the time that, you know, she or he didn't bring home, you know, butter. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, Because it's not really relevant. That's not really the problem. It's a distraction from where we're going. And so visiting the past in order to learn, it should be a school teacher for us. Mm -hmm. It should be something that gives us clarity. Mm-hmm. It should be something not that validates our point or proves our point. Uh, if you're doing that, you're pretty much just ticking somebody off. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm learning from it. Um, and I have found personally, for me, that when I go to the past, if I go alone for a minute and look at it from a perspective of how could I have done this differently, I learn so much more. Hmm. instead of bringing Shannon to the past and fighting. Um, And it typically brings in about 10 other
0: things.
2: (laughs) We start fighting about the one thing, and then pretty soon the kitchen sinks in the middle of it. You know what I mean?
0: I know exactly what you mean. When I was a very young man back in the late 1800s, I remember (laughs) an older guy telling me, he said, the past should be a learning post, not a hitching post. That's so good. That's a better one to tweet.
2: I tweet that one.
0: Well, if people know what a hitching post is anymore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you tie your horses. But but yeah. So, all right. I got a little off topic. I'm sorry, lady, uh, and to the rest who are interested in her question, I just wanted to talk about that since you mentioned this, this conversation of the past. So here she comes to her question. Based on this vacillating behavior, I don't love you that way. God told me to divorce you. I do love you that way, but I'm going back home to her. She says, what should I do? That's a great
2: question. It really is. Um, oftentimes I'll have a client that'll call or text me and, um, there'll be a circumstance or a situation that's occurred. And, you know, my husband has done this or said this, or my husband or my wife has said or done this. And many times it's about an action. Um, for instance, you know, I feel like they are more engaged now, or I feel like they are you know, disengaged more now um, mm-hmm. or they've told me they're filing for divorce.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, and one of the most common responses I give, it's not canned, but it's really for contemplation for them to think about is this. How would that change what you should be doing? In other words, um, there are some key components to how we treat other humans mm-hmm. that shouldn't disappear, but often disappear in the middle of conflict. If we know that people feel unloved, unliked, and disrespected, and they end up getting divorced as a result of that, Mm -hmm. then it would make sense that there are some key common things that I want to employ when I'm dealing in any relationship, but especially in, in the relationship I have with my spouse. So you would ask that question, how would you change in the way you're treating them? In other words, if there's a right way to do something, doing the right things, treating someone with respect... Um, not using what we talk about the four horsemen, Mm -hmm. Um, being careful about how we approach things, whether soft or hard, Um, making sure that we are soft in our heart, Um, Mm -hmm. operating in forgiveness. How would any of that change? I mean, think about it. If if they have said, I'm filing for divorce. Well, how's that going to change how you treat them? Are you going to be a jerk all of a sudden? Mm. Well, you know, because, you know, divorce isn't the final thing. It really is. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity. We have people almost every workshop that I do, we have at least one couple in there who, who have been divorced. I mean, I think a month or so ago, I had someone in the workshop that they've been divorced like over two years.
0: Yeah, I almost know we divorced three
2: So, years. So it's not the end. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... Um, Side note, people see that as a impending doom that they must ha- take action or do something before the court says they're divorced. And in reality, what you're trying to do now is not win them for a certain date, but influence them for a lifetime.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And your actions determine that. So there are some things that you say. what should I do? Well, without talking to you and knowing about you and your background, it'd be hard for me to give very specific things. But I do know the things of like uh, working on you. Mm hmm. You know, making sure you're the best version of you is super important for you.
0: Yeah, for you. Absolutely.
2: You can't get away from that. So working on your pies, Mm -hmm. making sure you're in a place where you're healthy emotionally, Mm -hmm. spiritually, intellectually, physically. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, um, you actually do what's best for the relationship. Whether he turns his head toward you or against you, it's still the right thing to
0: do. Yes. And that's a key. That is.
2: Of course the struggle there is we grow tired and well-doing
0: <laughs> yeah i've been there as well but the underlying principle here that jim's talking about is that people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better that's it now this is going to sound a little hurtful and but i don't mean for it to be but let me just speak to your, to this lady's situation and i'm certainly not trying to beat her up but there was some vulnerability that existed that created the possibility of him getting involved with this other woman. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, ma'am, that this is your fault. Don't misunderstand. It was either a need that he had that was not being fulfilled, there was something going on, okay? So that he saw that being with her is being better than being with you. It's better than being with you. Now, if ever you want to put this marriage back together, then it's going to have to go the other direction where he sees being with you is being better than being with her. Now, it almost sounds like I'm saying you should compete with her. That's not the case. And again, I refer you to these other two podcasts. We did the three things, not to do the three things to do, because I explained that and Jimmy explains that a lot better there and in more detail, but it's a matter of if you do the right things, as Jim was saying, then that facilitates him knowing that he could make things work with you and begin mm-hmm. to see you as the best place. Now, her specific question, and we talked in general about a question, but it actually was more specific. It's like, okay, he only goes to the next step of the divorce process when I ask him about it. And so what she asked said, what she said was, should I just back off and wait because of this vacillation? Or should I go ahead and basically make this happen where he goes ahead and files the divorce? Now, obviously we do not have the right to tell you what to do. And the primary reason for that is we don't have to live with the consequences of your decisions and your actions. Another big part of it is we don't know enough. Hmm. And even if we did know enough, we wouldn't tell you what to do. We'd help you think through what to do. That's what our coaches would do. Help you to think through the, the, you know, what happens if you do this, what happens if you do that, but we're not going to tell you what to do, but May I give us a couple of suggestions here, Jim, and I'd love to hear your input onto this as well. Jim mentioned earlier that he was a good man doing a bad thing. Actually, when Alice took me back, everybody in her world, her parents, her brothers, her sister, her friends, everybody said, do not take Joe back. Her best friend even said, if you do, I won't be your friend anymore. Oh, and by the way, she led up to that, she'd been Alice's best friend, cut off all contact with her to that. Now, Why did Alice take me back? You said that Shannon says that phrase. I've heard Alice say it many times. She said, because I knew in my heart that Joe was a good man doing a bad thing, not a bad man. And so over the years, we've kind of evolved into this suggestion to people. if you think your spouse is a bad person doing a bad thing, you probably should just go ahead and let this thing in because you, you don't have the ability to make a bad person good. But if your spouse is a good person doing a bad thing, then he or she just might be worth rescuing. And if you have a man in vacillation, now, I don't know if you've heard any of our podcasts about limerence, L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E. Oh, and by the way, if you listen to our podcast about limerence, any of our podcasts about limerence and your spouse is in limerence, we strongly urge you not to tell, tell your spouse about, please don't (laughs) because they're, they're going to deny that that's what's happening to them. You say, well, then why are you teaching us? Because we want you to understand what's going on. And if ever you bring them to our intensive three day workshop, which by the grace of God has a success rate of three out of four couples, turning it around and saving the marriages, we can explain it there in a way where the person doesn't become defensive, which they're probably going to do. If you try to explain it to them, or even if you say, listen to this podcast. Yeah, They become defensive. All right. But if you've listened to any of our podcast podcasts about limerence, and I'm not going to try to repeat one of those here, it has basically three phases. The first is what we call infatuation. It's not a straight line. It goes backwards, forwards, inside, outside. It's just kind of a curvy, curvy thing. Then the next stage is called crystallization. And that's where they're in the most intense level of it. And even it's not flat line It's not straight. And the third stage is actually called deterioration and that's when they're coming out of it. And again, that's not a straight line either. It's all crooked and curvy. Vacillation typically occurs either in stage one or in stage three. Now the way you describe this, it doesn't sound as if your husband would still be in stage one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they've moved out and they're living with the other person, that's typically way beyond stage one. Now, vacillation does occur. And stage three limerence always ends. Now I can't tell you exactly when the research says it's going to be somewhere between three months and 48 months. They used to say 36, but 48 months now somewhere in that range, there can be statistical outliers where it goes longer than that. But it sounds to me that there is a possibility, even maybe a great possibility that your husband is in phase three because we're hearing that vacillation. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's still limerence. That's why he still goes back to her. Okay. But the vacillation is I really do love you. I don't know how I can live without you in my life. Those kinds of things. And then back to her, it sounds to me like Mm -hmm. classic vacillation. Again, I can't make a diagnosis here. You understand I'm giving you a principle to, to think about if indeed that is the case. And if you believe that he is a good man doing a bad thing, then my suggestion your decision. But my suggestion and how anxious to you see what Jim thinks about this in a minute is that you do not ask him anything else about that divorce because anytime you do, he goes and does the next step, let it go, leave it alone. Why? Because time is on your side, because if indeed he is in vacillation in the phase phase three, which is the ending the deterioration phase, then this thing's coming to an end at some point. Absolutely. And with that in mind, If you believe he's a good man worth rescuing and you'd like to put this marriage back together and also for the sake of your children. And at least I'm happy that he does have contact with the kids. Not all people do that. Then I would suggest that you wait it out now. Waiting can be miserable. Absolutely. Wow. And so I do suggest that you also perhaps get into our online course for the one spouse who wants to save the marriage when the other one doesn't it's a relatively inexpensive course you can find it at marriagehelper marriagehelper.com or or even look into our coaching if jim's available jim's usually booked up but if jim's available or other coaches he's trained is available you can find out about that at 615-472-1161 that's 615-472-1161 it makes the waiting better Because it gives you specific things to do Mm -hmm. when you're waiting Mm -hmm. that help to move things forward in the right direction. And therefore, the waiting is not quite as miserable because you don't feel totally out of control. So, Jim, based on what I'm hearing, my suggestion to Lydia would be, don't bring up the divorce anymore.
2: Yeah, I think that's really good information.
0: Um, Wait it out and do the
2: right things. And I I mean, so waiting is really simple, but it's hard. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> yep. You know, um, you know, it's a, it's the old prayer I prayed for God to to give me patience, but I want it now. <laughs> um, it, it, it's really difficult and and I think that's where support is very important the right support um, Mm -hmm. where people can continue to encourage you and keep your eyes focused on the goal or the or or the mark so to speak Mm -hmm. which is which is a long-term effect of restoring and actually building a relationship that you want Mm -hmm. and i think that's the challenge because with vacillation um, if you're focused on what the person does how they act or react um, it's going to make you emotionally a roller coaster that's what i hear i'm a roller coaster so when you realize, um, one of my clients, in fact, today I was speaking to, he's, uh, he's done an amazing job of really, you know, we talked about people who are doing the right things. He really is doing the right things, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, great. Um, he was um, physically overweight, um, mm-hmm. and he lost about 70 pounds. Wow. The right way is very healthy now, his heart's right, all this kind of stuff. And and um, and and one of the things that we talked about is is staying focused on these things for you, mm-hmm. not losing weight for her, right? Not doing these things for her, because here's what happens. If she accepts it or recognizes uh, recognizes it, you have this fulfillment. It mm-hmm. worked. Mm-hmm. But if she doesn't, mm-hmm. well it must not work. Yeah. And we are just not programmed. <laughs> to pursue things that we feel are not working. Hmm. And this stuff isn't an overnight turnaround. No, It's, it's, it's a long haul, and, and long could be six months or it could be two years. I don't know how long it's going to be. Right. But time is in your favor if it's limerence, and, and, and if you continue to do the right things, no matter what they do for you because it's right, um, then you are less likely to be susceptible to their vacillation and things like that.
0: Excellent. Very good. And one other piece of advice, again, your decision. Be very careful who you listen to because your friends, your family, people that love you and care about you are very liable to get you or give you very bad advice. <laughs> and the reason they'll do this because they love you. I
2: had a friend of mine Joe one time he had a, he was a counselor and on his desk he said he had a little plaque and it said, uh, take my advice. I'm not using it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think a lot of people have a very similar prospect or a little way of saying that, you know, they are quick to give information or you need to do this, but if it was their life, um, they wouldn't be so quick to give the same
0: thing. Plus that can be a little harsh in their judgment because they love you and they see you being hurt Mm -hmm. by your husband's behavior. And so the advice they can give can be pretty harsh. So be very, I mean, it's great to have a support system, but be very careful about listening to them or talking too much to them about this. I mean, again, I know you need a support system, but just be careful there.
2: Yeah. You know, Joe, one of thing, things I could add to that, uh, speaking to a guy actually today, it's funny. I, I had four clients today and it
0: was a slow day for you.
2: And uh, one of the guys I was talking to um, has a support group. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not doing the right things for him. Mm-hmm. So they're there to support, but, you know, it's, how are you doing? And, you know, that's not always what he needed. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things, this, this seems very you know, simple, but it was one thing that he was missing and it just came to me in our conversation was that, why don't you teach them what you need? So you may need to tell your support group, you know, I don't need you to tear down my spouse. Mm -hmm. I don't need you you to attack my spouse. I don't need that. Fine. I can do Mm -hmm. that. Just, I'm I'm pretty good at doing that in my mind by myself. (laughs) What I need from you is sometimes to listen, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't need advice. Which mm-hmm. is going to be hard for a lot of people. And okay. right? That's going to be frank. It's just going to be hard. But I don't really need advice. All I need to do is, is decompress. I need to unload this this amazing amount of information that I've created in my mind in the dark times of night. Mm-hmm. And I just need you to hear that. Mm-hmm. I might need a hug if that's how you are. You know, are, are, are wired or a pat on the back or let's mm-hmm. go out for you know a, a, a soda or something. But the key in that is is that most people don't know what to do. No. Yeah. So they do what they think they're supposed to do or what comes natural. Help them. Yeah, teach them. Just tell them what you need, and people want to do that. Especially when it comes to people of faith. You know, I've been known to, to kind of get down sometimes on Christians and and the mm. church and stuff like that. And um, and and the reasoning behind it is is sometimes if you haven't heard. We're all screwed up, and, and I'm screwed up, too. But yeah. the, the truth is, a lot of times, even in, in our places of faith, you know, when something happens, something bad happens, and people don't talk to us anymore. Right. And we go, God, they're such terrible people. And the truth be known, if you check, number one, some of them didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then number two, they just didn't know what to do. And when we don't know what to do, one of the easiest things to do is avoid.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, it happened to me. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, even though I know better, sometimes I've done it to others.
2: I've been, I've probably fractured a commandment or two.
0: <laughs> okay. And if you're thinking, okay, good idea, Jim, but I don't know what to tell I need because I don't know. That's the value then of getting an online course or getting involved even better with one of our, our uh, coaches. And we'll help you think those things through. Yeah. Be sure to check out all the free resources we have, marriagehelper.com. And if you want to talk to us again, 615-472-1161. Well, we took a long time to answer your question, but you had so many interesting things, ma'am. Yeah, that I, I really want... feel my heart goes out to you, and I just want you to know you'll
2: be in my prayers as God brings you to my uh, to my memory. And um, and and I just want to encourage you to uh, to have faith, mm-hmm. to be patient, to do the right things. Mm-hmm. Some of those we've talked about here. There are many more that are available for you. Um, utilize those resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm believing the best for you. I really am. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any marriage out there that I'm aware of that is without hope. Right. And, uh, and so how can we help you with
0: your hope? Excellent. Thank you for listening. And we hope you turn into more of our podcasts. Thank you, Jim, for being with us. Today. Thanks, bud.